Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week we travel to Italy. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Monty. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the cherry that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites and at our live event, we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. Hello, Matt. Hello, Monty. We're back in Italy. We are. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao, Bella. Come stai? Uh, bene, bene. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the extent of my Italian. Do you, do you, some Italian has penetrated you while you've been away? Yeah, there was a lot of that, wasn't there, in Italy? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we get on with it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matt, what's in our stack this week? Well, we've got David over on Instagram, dear Tagas, saying, Monday morning walk with the very welcome return of Second Cherry to get my Eurovision fix. Oh, that's very sweet. David's Thank a long time listener and, and we see him about at the, at the events and stuff. Hello, David. Hope you're keeping well, dear sir. Vince on Twitter has said, I'm ready for Eurovision again, and Second Cherry Podcast is just the tonic. Oh, that's sweet, isn't it? Yep. I hope that was some gin as well. <laughs> <in your tonic. laughs> Liven it up a bit. Um, and um, Bob, one of our biggest uh, followers on Twitter, after we put our Lithuanian episode out, where we had the washing machine song, Bob has tweeted, Sex, Drugs and Washing Machines. Another classic episode from the Cheeky Geeks, Digging into the songs that nearly got to Eurovision 2022. Ah, Bob. Oh, thank you, Bob. Thank you, everybody who's tweeted us and written in. We've got a, an email as well. Because we asked about the American Song Contest. And we asked Americans to let us know what they thought. And Zach has. He has. And Americans musings on the American Song Contest. Hello from Chicago, Matt and Monty. So, so happy to have you back in our ears every week and another rousing and robust season of Second Cherry. We are very robust. Mm, we yeah. are. Uh, your recent call to action inspired me to write in as I have many thoughts on the American Song Contest. As I'm sure was the case with most US-based fans of Eurovision, I was reluctant when the ASC was first announced. I'm still not sure it's something we need, but certain elements of the programme exceeded my expectations, especially given the relatively quick time frame with which it was organised. I'll start with the variety of song styles. To be sure, there are plenty of country songs, mostly from the Appalachian and Southern states, but I have to applaud organisers for showcasing other styles of music for the Midwest. This region is often overlooked in many facets, not least in music. Though I've lived in Chicago for the past 16 years, I'm originally from Omaha, Nebraska, which has a super vibrant indie music scene. Ooh, okay. I completely understand why the Nebraskan song didn't do well in the competition. It was pretty crap. <laughs> but I was happy to see something original chosen for my home state. The fact that a queer woman of colour was selected to sing a song about suicide prevention is a story that deserved to be told and I hope that it had more of an impact on people than some white dude in a flannel shirt and cowboy hat crooning about his truck and an empty dirt road. With that said, I think the audience for the ASC is relatively small. 
Outside of my group of Eurovision-minded friends, I don't know anyone who watched the competition. I'm glad organisers partnered with a major network like NBC, but the choice to air the shows on Monday nights is a unique one, especially with rival shows that have dedicated fan bases like American Idol airing on the same night. If there are subsequent ASCs, which I hope there are, I would suggest that producers consider a different night of the week and possibly move the air dates to the summer when special programming is more popular. I think a lot of learning was done on the fly with this first iteration, as we saw with changing up the announcement of the results over the course of the semis and roping in additional sponsorship deals to reduce the number and length of commercial breaks. I hope this learning curve continues as they're back with a vengeance next year with more camp, heavier emphasis on live vocals and fewer cliché country songs. Keep up the fabulous work. I so enjoy listening to Second Cherry, especially as we plod through the Eurovision off-season. Cheers from Chicago, Zach. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you, Zach. Mm. Um, I just want to mention that kind of, you know, the dude with the flannel shirt on an open road in his truck. I mean, I don't mind that, but maybe that's just the kind of specialist films that I watched a lot in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, or well, last night in bed. Oh, <laughs> <Saucy>. <laughs> I One thing I want to pick up though, Zach, is I don't think this was uh, necessarily arranged on the fly. This was long planned, and um, I think the intricacies of American television programming and how difficult it is to infiltrate that world when you are essentially Swedish producers. I think that's where it was a bit tricky. But you're right, they did seem to change their mind about what they were doing halfway through. <laughs> I think that's interesting. I think, you know, although it was planned, I think it showed a real, you know, reflection week by week on what was working and what maybe needed to be shaken up a bit. And of course, it's all very well us, you know, doing this in the digital world where we've all got access and we could all comment online. You know, we didn't see, you know, how Eurovision developed in the first few years. You know, none of us were around, really. Very few of us were around to see how it developed. I mean, you know, there were learning curves and there were very quick changes in Eurovision. I mean, the, the very, if you think about 56 to 57, it already went from having two songs per artist to just one. Um, or two songs per country to just one. And we got, you know, a full set of uh, votes and um and, and results so you know things do change very quickly I also don't mind the Monday night I think the Monday night is kind of primetime TV in America isn't it because you know that's the night that people are now in at home watching TV which is why these big shows are on you know and I can understand why it wasn't on at the weekend because you know people have lives and people go out or you know people like us do anyway. <laughs> I also think then they, then you're not going to take a punt on a new show like this when it is it is seen as sort of like a foreign species coming in. <laughs> but it's really interesting to hear that, actually, because I think that it's not surprising to me that outside the Eurovision sphere of influence, people just didn't really talk about it, weren't interested. Let's see what the next season brings, because it would be really interesting to see what develops. And to compare it with the developments that we're going to have of Eurovision Canada and Eurovision Latin America. Mm. Jeez, we're going to be busy, aren't we? No, come on, we have a podcast for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Zach, for getting in touch. Nice to hear your thoughts on the American Song Contest. But let's turn closer to our home and pop down the Mediterranean for a look at Italy. So... We had San Remo back this year. San Remo is, I guess, not strictly speaking a national final, but it is 
the show from which the Italian Eurovision song is selected. It's, of course, a much bigger show in its own, its own right and a much longer history than Eurovision. And it goes on for ever. We had five nights of it from the 1st to the 5th of February back in the Theatre Ariston in San Remo, the spiritual home of it all. Night one and night two saw half of the songs presented with three panels from the press made up of a press and TV panel, a radio panel and a web panel of journalists, uh, all voting and giving a ranking. Night three saw all of the songs performed again with the demoscopic jury. I've never really worked out what that is. And the televoters ranking songs, they all were added to the scores. Night four is the covers evening. So each of the artists made a cover version of a song with or without a guest uh, as a duet. And the press, the demoscopic jury and the televote all voted again. And then we got to night five where all televoting decided the top three of which the top three went on to be voted again by the press, demoscopic jury and televoting to get the winner. There's less involved in adopting a child. <laughs> My God, there is. I mean, it's. I think it's less of a commitment as well. I mean, you yeah. know, Five Nights at San Remo is, you know, that's bigger than like 18 years of being a parent <laughs> and beyond. Demoscopic though, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm sure if you type that into Pornhub, something will come up. <laughs> Should we try? <laughs> I'm on a work computer. <laughs> so the top three, which we will be talking about uh, a couple of these, and one of them was the winner, Mahmoud and Blanca with Brividi, Elisa or Forse Se Tu, or maybe it's you, and Gianni Morandi with Apritutti Riporti, Open All of the Doors. We'll get to a couple of those in a moment, but let's have a think about Brividi, first of all. <laughs> So Brividi was Mahmoud's return to Eurovision, this time accompanied by Blanco, very, very popular singer in Italy at the moment. They did really well. They were tipped to do extremely well and they came sixth with 268 points on the night. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. If, in my Italian hat on, if I'm being Italian, whether I'd be disappointed or happy because I think there was a lot of buzz about this could win. This could win Eurovision again. Italy could do the double. You know, Mahmoud, massive in Italy. Blanco, massive in Italy. He's had number one albums, number one singles. Like, whatever they produce, it's successful. So, I don't know. But uh, I think there was something in the performance. I think we said this in the, the shakedown after Eurovision when we sort of reviewed stuff. But I think probably there's something in the performance that was just not quite right. They just hit the wrong tone. But the vocal maybe but i you know it's a great song i do think it was probably the best song to choose to go to eurovision sixth place is really respectable again italy just being italy is enough to get them in the top 10 absolutely i mean i i really like the performance at eurovision i think when you think about what it was beaten by every one of those songs brought something extra you know ukraine in top spot with everything that that brought with it 
UK in second with an incredibly elevated performance. Chanel from Spain in third, again an incredibly elevated performance, just absolutely nailed it on stage. Cornelia Jacobs of Sweden in fourth. I mean, everybody touted that to do really well as well. Um, you know, there can only be five songs in the top five, and the top five was rounded out by Serbia. A surprise to many as to how well it did, but look at the uniqueness that that brought, and people really responded to it. I think, you know, what Mahmoud and Blanco didn't do really was elevate it more from the national final, which we as viewers were already familiar with, but I think just didn't bring enough to get it into that top five but I love it mm-hmm. stunning performance and another great result for Italy continuing an incredible run since they came back but what are the other songs that were in the running let's have a listen to them song number one then let's kick off with Dominica by the one the only Achille Lauro Monty, more thoughts, because we've said many before, <laughs> more thoughts on Achille. Well, I mean, like, you know, we've done all the Achille Laro standing on this <laughs> podcast. We absolutely love him. And of course, he was the entrant for San Marino this year. Um, this is a different kind of vibe to what he brought in some, for San Marino. But I think there's still that essence of kind of performance art and the rebel and, you know, the maverick uh, in this. Um, I love this it's backed by the Harlem Gospel Choir doing absolutely amazing vocals and just lifting this um, it's called Domenica Sunday and it's almost kind of like a, a, a dichotomy of what Sunday can be you know the choir are bringing that traditional sense of worship um, on a Sunday but he's singing about well I guess a, a, a a different kind of religious experience <laughs> he's singing about you know going out and shagging at the weekend and there's like you know he's being a bit wild he's dancing on the altar there's talk of boy meets boy there's a bit of casual sex going on here and then in the performance in well in one of the performances he's kind of rubbing his thumb all along his waistband and almost pulling his trousers down to show his pubic area <laughs> uh, and then he's anointing himself with some holy oil I mean it's quite the thing I don't fancy Achille Laro, but by God, there is sex written through him like a stick of rock. Yeah, he's an absolute rock star, actually, isn't he? He just epitomises it. It's the same self-assured, sort of self-absorbed attitude from Achille. Well, we get in all of his performances, actually. But this is more stripped back, yeah, as you say, stripped back vibe, but with all the same confidence. I thought this would do better, actually, but alas. Yeah, I thought it would. I'm really disappointed that it didn't do better. I'm really disappointed it wasn't the Italian entry, to be honest. And when he didn't win, it wasn't just shipped over wholesale to San Marino. I would have much rather a song and a performance like this be the thing that brought Achille Lauro to the masses. 
as much as I adored Stripper. Yeah, I think we would need to maybe give him a bit of time. Don't come back unless you're really sure you've got a really great song. And then when you come back, wow us. Song two is by Elisa. It's called O Forse Se Tu. Or maybe it's you. I feel like this is a little bit different. We spoke about this, Monty, before we hit record about how I thought it wasn't very Sam Remo and you disagreed. I think it's more movie soundtrack. It's kind of got that song that you attach to a, a movie than an Italian chart song, which is very Sam Remo, I think. But yeah, I don't know. It's a bit different for me. Amazing control of her vocal. She's so in control. It's so lovely to watch just as seeing her, you know, just using that instrument the way it should be used. This is the sort of song that works incredibly well in San Remo, telling a story. It worked well in San Remo, but I think would then die at Eurovision. Don't think this would have done well at Eurovision. It's a beautiful song, though, and she's great. I really, really like her. She's the winner of San Remo from 2001 with her song, which is big in Italy, called Luce, Tramonti and Orteste. And that was in the period where Italy wasn't partaking in Eurovision. So we may have had her as a Eurovision entry had they been um, contributing to the contest at the time. I really, really love this. There's something absolutely beautiful, but it's very Sam Remo to me. And maybe I'm thinking about it because it's the kind of song that you really notice the performance of the orchestra in. And when I say the orchestra, what I really mean is the strings. The strings bring this to life. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. And it's just one of those things that one of the things I love about San Remo when we get the orchestra. And it does make me miss them at Eurovision. And I'm not advocating for them to come back. There's so many complications. There's so many issues with that. But my God, when they're there, they just really, really work. It's a love song. She's singing, you know, if you go away tomorrow, carry me with you. It's just gorgeous absolutely gorgeous and it's lovely to see that sweep from something very gentle into something much more powerful in the chorus yeah really really beautiful this song is the song that came second mm. elevated to the super final and came second to Mahmoud and Blanco song number three then is Gianni Morandi with Apritutti le porte open all the doors Monty, this is cute. Tell me about it. Oh, it is cute. You know, we were just talking about Elisa and how she was the winner from 2001. But actually, Gianni Morandi is the winner and the Eurovision entrant from 1970. You know, going back 52 years and coming back to San Remo with this song. And 
there's something about it. That, what really stood out about this for me is the way that the audience connected with it and the way it built momentum as we went through Sam Rainbow. It ended up in third position. I think it's the kind of song that the Italians would go, no, it's not right for Eurovision, but my God, we want to give it some love and we want to really appreciate it. It's a song about not being stale as you grow old. It's about being open to new things, not being a creature of habit. And he's throwing open all the doors to let the sun in and to, you know, to to live life and to, you know, to enjoy and embrace everything about it. And I just think that's cracking, you know, and we just don't do the same kind of cherishing of our elder artists like they do in San Remo. And it, it upsets me, it pains me that we don't. I mean, you know, what would be the equivalent here? If you take a look at Wimbledon this year, in the final or one of the finals, they gave Sir Cliff Richard, Eurovision Connection, a microphone in the at Wimbledon and he sang Summer Holiday or something. And it was, you know, like on the off the cuff, having a sing song. And, you know, that's lovely. But then the aftermath immediately on Twitter, or, well, I mean, of course on Twitter, Twitter's trash. But it just seemed like everyone just trashed him. Like, oh, that was terrible. I'm like... Give him a break. The man's a million years old. He's an absolute legend. He got up on the mic, you know, started saying, that's adorable. And that's a moment, right? It's a moment that is just, you can't really, you don't get every day. And culturally in the UK, I hate to say it as a Brit, but we just don't respect our elders in the same way that other cultures do and other countries do. And it's just, it's so disappointing because yes, this song is a bit meh for me. I totally understand why the general public watch it in the context of Sam Remo and go, yeah, I'm going to fucking vote for that. I love that. I love him. Go on, mate. I hope he doesn't get to you because he'll do very well. But yeah, let's show him love because right now all we care about is you on stage doing your thing and doing it well. True professional. I just wish we did more of that in the UK especially. And also I'll probably talk about Americans. You guys are probably a bit like that as well with us in the UK like that. Just Italians do this so much better than us, respecting their elders, giving them the time and the space to do their thing. I totally agree with you about most of that, except for the fact that Cliff Richard was rubbish. Um, <laughs> yes, he was, but that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, you know, he was given, like, you know, he's probably had a, had a few sherries. Oh, no, that was planned. It was part of the presentation. The first time it happened in the rain break years ago, that was him just getting up and okay. doing the But this was planned because they were harking back to that time. But I get the yes. gesture was there. The gesture was there in that the That is Wimbledon and, uh, respect in the area. Absolutely. That was absolutely there. But I think you're absolutely right. The response of the public was, you know, fucking hell. What's well, no, doing I, there? I think the response of the public was why. And it's like, it, it was obvious why that happened. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, get with it. Yeah. yeah. But the principle is there. We would love to cherish our elder artists and those who have gone before us as much as they do in Sanremo. The next song is an act that is familiar to us at Second Cherry. It's La Representanta da Vista with Ciao Ciao. Ciao. 
La Representante de Lista, if you're keeping up with us, was, of course, our second cherry for Italy last year. And it came fourth overall. Mm. Really, really well. Just want to remind our listeners how ahead of the curve we are. <laughs> you see, we pick acts before the general public really cotton on to them. And they did well this year. This was a big, big song. You know, it is that good old grows into the performance. You know, as the song goes on, she gets better. And actually that there was that trope was also in San Remo where as they went along in the progressed in the competition, this gained momentum again. This is how you do San Remo, I think. There's a real um clean bandit. The band clean bandit vibe with Le Representante de Lista. Ciao Ciao is the most social media friendly song, I think, with that dance, you know, ciao ciao, na, 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 ciao ciao. That is just made for virality of social media. And a great song. We heard it a few times in Turin, which is always a little litmus test as well. Love it. Absolutely love this. Yeah, I love this as well. It's apparently sort of a take on the end of the world and it's a bit of a social commentary. And um, <laughs> it's a bit of a fuck you statement as well, I think. You know, so she's, uh, it's got, it's just got a really catchy chorus of uh, con le mani, con le mani, con le mani, ciao, ciao, with my hands, with my hands, with my hands. Con i piedi, with the feet, ciao, ciao. But goes on to also say, e con le gambe, con il culo, con me occhi, with my legs, with my arse, and with my eyes, ciao, ciao. <laughs> uh, and I think there's also a reading of this, before I sort of read into the lyric, the bits I could get from it, it sounded like it was also kind of going a bit of a defiant closing of a relationship. So, you know, she's going, I'm saying goodbye with my hands, by waving, with my feet, by walking off. You know, I'm look saying, you know, ass. look at my ass. <laughs> you know, and I just, it's really, oh, it's got such a vibe to it. It's really nice. They're queer artists as well, self-described, and we like that at Second Cherry. Um very interesting uh, sartorial choices, wearing different things and different performances. So we'll need to think which performance we need to choose for the live show. That's right. Um, but it was only one night where she was in like a sort of a tailcoat, like a an adapted dinner jacket. But another where she was in like um, French Revolution Victorian wide crinoline which has the sort of the bustles to the side rather than behind and he was in pantaloons so some <laughs> interesting choices on stage in, in their costumes we'll have to have a look back and see which performance we think works best but the song is there for you to absolutely enjoy mm. our final song then song number five is well third time that we feature this artist in Second Cherry it's Irama with Mvunko Sarai Irama, back again. Yeah, Awunka Sarai means wherever you will be. Um, this is beautiful. This gives me the brividi when I hear it. <laughs> I think the lyric content is absolutely gorgeous. It's about it's about looking for signs of the the essence of people who've passed. 
who've, you know, it's about trying to feel the presence of somebody in nature and looking out for them and, you know, being attuned to those little sort of spiritual things that you, you might pick up. And I think it, it just takes on an additional poignancy after COVID. And also, I mean, Irama himself was affected by COVID last year. He was he had a great song last year, um, but he wasn't able to sing it live. We only got a, a rehearsal performance. And I think that's a great shame because when I watch this performance, I'm really reminded about how much he elevates it. He is an incredible vocalist. The orchestra adds to this as well, but there's just something about the power of his voice. And I think had we got a performance that wasn't just him going through the, you know, the technical rehearsal last year, he, I think he could have made a much, much bigger impact. I think we were really robbed of seeing him last year. Just a note on his outfit as well. Um, it's very interesting. He's wearing a, a, a hoodie made of macrame. Okay. The kind of the knotted um, crafting. So it's the kind of thing that, you know, you might have got a tablecloth cover uh, made of in the 70s. Or maybe, you know, maybe you brought back one of those hanging plant holders from, you know, your first trip to the Mediterranean <laughs> in the 80s. Or just a hammock. Yes. I mean, it's an interesting <laughs> choice. There's a sort of tease of nipple coming through it as well. Uh, this is the most hard-hitting song I've heard him ever do really uh lyrically he always nails it it's really deep shit that he goes into this is a lot i like that intellectual description yeah it's really deep shit deep shit man <laughs> uh, <laughs> he is a bit of a sensitive bad boy though it's something about me you think you are a bit of a we've said it before a little little bit of a scamp got this got the scamps about him uh yeah, yeah all three of his entries have been really really different as well so he just shows his versatility. Yeah, right. It's, he elevates anything that he does. But this is this is just a different turn turn of pace, really, for him. Gorgeous. Really like this. I think he's had four actually, because I think he had one in the in the newcomers competition in twenty sixteen, as well as La Regatta con il di Latta, which was the first one we featured, and Le Genesi del Tuo Colore from last year. But yeah, I think there's absolutely an element of bad boy about him. And, I'm totally here for that. <laughs> so there we are then. That's our five songs from Italy of the selection. So next then, let's do this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So you know the score by now. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week is the point where we like to spread a bit of positivity, reflect on something nice and good happening in the Eurovision sphere to combat some of the, well, occasional, frequent, often, negativity and sniping that we see on social media. We like to to spread all that is good in the world. <laughs> it's like a dog licking your face. Or a... I thought you were going to say <laughs> something else there. I was going to do something sweet and lovely, Monty. Oh, well, you've just still time to rescue it um, from the claws of sluttiness. Oh, you know, a dog wagging its tail at you because it's happy to see you. Ah, oh, that's sweet. There you go. There we go, recovered. <laughs> <laughs> Our good thing of the week this week is the return announced recently, whenever this is going out, we've recorded it, <laughs> of Benidorm Fest. Yes. Yes. 
This is good news. Benidorm Fest was the selection process for this Spanish entry this year, and what a selection it was. We are going to be bringing it to you. Rob, last week you wrote in and asked when it was coming. It is coming soon, presently, in a future episode. But for now, we're excited about the fact that we're going to get a Benidorm Fest next year (laughs) as well. I'm not saying that I'm not going to go, but I'm also saying that I might go. I'm very tempted. A week in Spain at the end of January. I mean, it'll still be a bit nippy, but, you know, it's Spain. Right, you know. Let's go. Ben, ben, I, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to... I never vowed I would never go, but... But it wouldn't... You know, when trashy seaside location meets Eurovision, <laughs> what can you do? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. So they've announced the dates, mm-hmm. the semi-final and all that. It, Which yeah. are? Unprepared. They are, they are the dates, Monty. <laughs> Uh, but I'm glad you asked Monty uh, <laughs> because I've just looked it up <laughs> in the magic of editing <laughs> the final is Saturday February the 4th uh, and then they've got two semi-finals before that uh, which is Tuesday January the 31st and Thursday February the 2nd so it's a bit like Eurovision yeah. Tuesday to Thursday and then Saturday uh, four acts qualifying from each show so an eight Possibly an eight-act national final. Very happy about this. I'm like, this is going to be good. You know, this is proven, you know, success. Well, I mean, maybe they got lucky and got a third place out of it. But actually, I think there were so many good songs this year, which we will get to you when we do the Spanish episode. And there is so much to talk about. And it just bodes so well. And I hope that the success of Chanel has prompted more people to put themselves forward and we're going to get a really high quality Benidorm Fest. It would be so lovely if after all of this time, Spain gets its own competition, which just generates so much interest and so many good songs coming forward. Fingers crossed. Matt and Monty's Good Thing of the Week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So, Monty, reel this in. What cherry has been selected to represent Italy at the Second Cherry Song Contest this year? Well, it was a hard decision. I mean, we really had to deliberate this because there were merits in so many different songs. But in the end, we decided collectively that it should be La Representanta de Lista again. Ciao, with Ciao, Ciao. <laughs> Let's have a listen. So the second year in a row that La Representante de Lista will be the Italian cherry for us. Let's see if they can match or better their fourth position from last year when we do the live show later in the year. Well, I've got news on that, Monty, but not right now. So if you want to talk to us, <laughs> please, please contact us on Twitter at Second Cherry, Instagram, Second Underscore Cherry, Facebook, Second Cherry Podcast, and we want to hear from you via email. So please do email us at... Hello! At secondcherry.vision. That's... Hello! At secondcherry.vision. 
That's it. That's the episode done, Monty. Oh, are we not going to have the news about what you can't say? Or no, I'm just saying, it? no, that's... For a later date? Yeah, I was trying to be... Oh, I see. Weird and... <laughs> Mercurial. <laughs> yeah. I just came across as drunk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more than more that. Huh? I'd agree with that. Well, there we go then. Look, let's go, because uh, we've actually got Mikael here, and Mickey's going to have a drink with us, so he's been very quiet in the background. <laughs> Yeah, still here from last week. He yeah. hasn't gone home yet. He hasn't gone home yet. <laughs> <laughs> There's still pizza left. <laughs> so let's, we'll see you next week. We're not going to tell you what we're going to do next week because we don't know. So, um, yeah, but have fun until then. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye.